West Limerick 102. The following is the podcast of County Views, as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 21st of December 2022 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Noreen O'Callaghan and Carmel Ryan. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Folks, you're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM County Views on this Wednesday night, a little bit in the court side. Apologies there, folks, for a little bit of confusion at the outset. Uh, wires got crossed or something like that around this place. So we seem to be back on track. I hope that you're hearing us loud and clear. And for those dedicated followers of fashion, uh, our follower and Tom Ryan and myself every Wednesday night, we hope it didn't upset you any little bit there while we were on <laughs> off air. So... Uh, West Limerick 102 on the panel tonight is uh, Noreen O'Callaghan, Carmel Ryan and Tom Ryan and my name is Pat O'Donovan. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM, your local community radio station broadcasting from Newcastle West. Uh, this programme is live from now until 11 o'clock, repeated tomorrow half 11 until 1. If you want to text in or call in on any topic whatsoever, folks, 69 or 087-166-9800. And of course, we have a coffee morning here on Friday morning. And the notice says, West Limerick 102 hosting a coffee morning here at the station in Sheehan's Road, Newcastle West, on Friday the 23rd of December, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Call in for a cup of tea or coffee, a biscuit, a slice of cake, and meet the presenters and staff of West Limerick 102 and maybe pick up a hamper or 50-50 ticket in support of your local immunization. That's next Friday, the 23rd, 10 a.m. to 1. We also have a Churchgate collection in Abbey Field this uh, Saturday and Sunday, which is Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. And Marion Hartnett and company and some locals will be doing the tables on that one. And also on tomorrow, then we have a hamper which is purchased at Eurospar in Red Keel. And that will be raffled off here on at about half past 12, 20 to 1 on Friday also. And tomorrow morning, Neely Duggan and I will be there from about 9 o'clock to 1 o'clock selling the hamper tickets in Red Keel for the hamper which is uh, purchased at Eurospar in Red Keel includes a bottle of whiskey and other kind of items as well which will be of interest to people and and from half street to half past five pat shanahan and john egan will be there and hopefully we will have somebody else some volunteers in the meantime anyone listening who might have some time to spare they might give us a call and cover between one o'clock and three thirty we could do with someone to volunteer there for a kill and on friday morning then friday morning Noreen O'Callaghan and Jerome Scanlon will be 
at Home Savers with a hamper which was purchased from Home Savers that's Friday morning also in Newcastle West 9.30 to 12 and again hopefully we'll have some volunteers from 12 o'clock onwards on that day and that will also be drawn as well obviously it won't be drawn on Friday because it won't be finished till Friday evening so it will be drawn at the first opportunity that uh, somebody is live in the station so we'll be calling out the winners of doors as well and our thanks to Pat Shanahan, John Egan and Noreen O'Callaghan, Neely Duggan, and uh, anyone else who was helping out with those collections. And as I said, Abbey Field, and it's a church kit collection that takes place in Abbey Field at the weekend, and hopefully we might have a few volunteers to stand at tables on that one as well. Now back to the panel, folks, and as I said at the outset, if you want to text in or call in, we await your messages there, and would love to hear from you on any topic at 0696 the program is live as I speak so send on your messages and the first message I get is from Seamus Collins our good friend there from near Abbey Field Temple Denton and he says Pat is there a problem with the station tonight it was fine up to your program and then nothing the, the, I hope you can hear us at the moment I hope I'm not talking to myself because we understand it's going out fine at the moment and the reason it was fine until I came on air was two different studios the other one is a smaller one and it, it operates separately from this particular one so the, this one is slightly different and we have another message then um, on the topic of the day and this one is from so folks if you want to text in or call in 0696622000 or 0876969800 and this is from sh- starting today uh, uh, this is one that came in out tonight I send the following in the interest of full and fair discussion of Monday's incident in Ratkeel the following is a direct transcript of Martin Collins's Pavy Pint representative as broadcast on Drive Time on RT1 on Tuesday the 20th of December. Shirley, thank you for that. Drive Time Tuesday the 20th of December on RT Radio 1. Martin Collins, spokesperson for Pavy Pint representative and the advocacy organisation for travellers. And he states... First of all, I'd like to join Minister Harris and other public representatives in unequivocally condemning the incident in Red Keel. I have seen some of the images on social media. Mm, slipped in me. And uh, I'm back again to that. Sorry about that, folks. I have seen some of the incidents in Red Keel. I have. S- seen some of the images on social media and it's absolutely horrific and it's just not acceptable for anybody to engage uh, holy god tonight by the time i get this back up again it isn't all night is it no tom red keel while i'm waiting to pull this back up again you need to go into too much detail now for the moment a little we read exactly what comes up on this thing i'm nearly there myself at this stage well pat like uh it's the sorry tom again i i want to get this one right because martin collins is a representative from pavy point so i want to quote exactly what he said on rte I have seen some of the images on social media, this is Martin Collins, 
and it's absolutely horrific and it's just not acceptable for anybody to engage in this type of behavior in the streets of any village town or city in ireland and particularly in on an afternoon when children would be coming home from school and people going about their daily business i think we are really fortunate today that we are not talking about some people being either seriously injured or even worse some fatality fatalities so we are very fortunate from that perspective I would have to say we need to be very careful here and we should not engage in some sort of knee-jerk reaction. I think there's a danger of that happening. Some of the terminology I'm hearing now on media and social media in particular, the army, battens, war zone, I think that sort of rhetoric is very emotive and unhelpful. Really what we need now is for all the relevant stakeholders, the Gardaí, the local authorities, the local community organisations and indeed the travellers of the town of Red Keel itself to collectively come together and have a careful, calm and considered response to what happened yesterday in Red Keel. Insofar as we can ensure that something like this does not happen again. The other point I would like to make, and I think this is a really important point, the information I'm getting from the ground from the members of my own communities, we need to be careful not to internalize this as your typical traveller fuel because the indication from my sources is that it is it's not i'm led to believe and of course the Gardaí will carry out their own investigation but my information as of now is that the perpetrators of this toggery behavior are not from the town of red keel and they may not even be members of the traveling community this is all subject to verification and i'm sure the Gardaí will be following these lines of inquiry there should be no rush to judgment until the inquiry is complete. I think all relevant stakeholders need to be involved and their voices need to be heard in the development and implementation of a policing plan. The travellers should also have a voice in that process as they were centrally involved or impacted by the incident that took place yesterday in the streets of Red Keel. So I think that's what ha needs to happen calm, careful reflection and a considered response. The last point I will make here is that anybody out there, regardless of your ethnicity, whether you are a traveller or a settled person, if you have any information in relation to this incident that would be helpful to the Gardaí in carrying out their inquiries, I would encourage you to cooperate with the Gardaí. That was Martin Collins, representative of Pavy Pine, representative of travelling community. Noreen? Uh, I, I suppose you have to look at it from the outside. We're located from the outside, really. And uh, it's a shocking thing what happened. But, uh, you know, these people that were involved were not teenagers or young people, like which we we're always inclined to blame. So I think it was, there were ones that was old enough to have since. But again, I feel very, very sorry for the settled travellers of Raquel, for the business people of Raquel who try to go around their own business and try to make a, a living and are uh, the, the build up for Christmas, trying to you know, get things back to normal, which they couldn't all the time back, and for something like this to happen. Again, of course, uh, because it is Raquel and because uh, so-called travellers are involved it's been blown out of all proportion really I know you had six six vehicles that were destroyed 
but uh, you know we need to be very careful of exactly where we're going uh, are we trying to make it into um, a lot worse than what it is you know Carmel like um, Noreen said I feel so sorry for the people of Rakeel I feel sorry for the businesses I feel sorry for the families for the people who are rearing their families there like children must have been frightened you know we as adults that were out of the situation were frightened and were horrified to see what happened from what I've heard there was parents trying to get to schools and weren't allowed to come through the town to get their children from school and they weren't told what was wrong now would there be anything more terrifying than thinking that your child is in the school and you can't get to them because something has happened it must have been terrifying for people and I just hope that the media lets it be let's it get sorted out let's Raquel get let Raquel get back on its feet like two weeks ago there was a most amazing night in the church in Raquel with Brian Kennedy it was packed and it was a wonderful celebration of what Raquel has to offer and then we have this so I think we should be focusing on the good things like it will be okay just focus on the good and help Raquel get back on its feet it's a couple of days before Christmas the shops need the footfall like people can't just stay away and I fully understand people are frightened but I think the this period has passed and the people are probably long gone so I just wish everyone in Raquel all the best for Christmas Tom well I, you're a lot of big sad story there from Pavy Point you think this is the first time that occurrences like this happened uh, they've been very quiet up to now this was an absolute disgrace it was um, you, you know I mean the actual imagery the the outfall from it the, as Noreen and Cameron have already said the business affected the people of Red Hill and surrounding areas that were affected by it I mean there has to be law and order uh, they, I wouldn't be offering any sympathy to the people involved they're entitled to face the full rigours of the law down immediately. That's what they're. That's the only way to handle these situations. And we have to ask why did it, was it allowed to reach the situation? Because uh, we know for the past three months there has been instances in Rakeel, not nothing about them. The media didn't cover them to any great extent. And uh, so the kind of a hush hush situation as resulting is what happened on Monday. Like and uh, this, the whole situation has to be proper policing, proper rule of order, and put his people through the truth, through the court system, no matter where they're from. And uh, if they're guilty of, uh, and if they're proven guilty, which uh, which is evident, there's serious, serious damage being done and intimidation and of the worst type of uh, of feuding. Let's face up to them, put them away and get rid of them, put them in this soft soap and this involve them in talks and all this kind of nonsense, the local situation, the local territories, the local people, community. What can the local, the local community on Friday lives? They can't even break through their own town village. And and what can they offer here? What can the priest offer? What can the church offer? Nobody. It has to be handled by the Gardaí. They, they fell down the job here. They should have, they should have really and truly uh, looked after what was going on the road there and uh, put, put these people o- away. 
people have said written uh, <coughs> on to me they're not <coughs> You can drive through Red Keel at the moment, and uh, today or tonight or yesterday or last week or even today, uh, after all this, and literally a huge number of cars and vans and jeeps never can do motorized vehicles. We call them open footpaths on top of yellow lines, double yellow lines on footpaths, double yellow lines plus the footpath as well, onto corners of different parts of the town, and. There's simply nothing done about it. Nothing done about it. The cows are still there. They're there every day and literally every night. They come and they go and they're on the footpaths. And somebody said, if the law is there, why not apply it? If you get away with little things like the cow and the footpath and the whole lot, literally you can do what you like. You park in Newcastle West, you park in a double yellow line, and there's a traffic warden coming down the street and he's smiling. Another one got more money for the county council. It doesn't seem to apply. I cleared out a house there a couple of years ago and went up 28th of January or December, I said it was, and filled my van with a few boxes of bottles, bottles, bottles. Some people seem to use a lot of bottles and landed it all into the van, went up to the recycling centre, which is called Gates Closed, and there were places for bottles and he's outside the gate and there was boxes of bottles everywhere because all the recycling units were full. So I didn't think a second thought. Only took out my boxes and left them down beside the other boxes. And in due course, I got a fine of 150 euros from the county council with a photograph of my van and my name written all over it. I think I sent them in about half the amount. And I said that was, should have been quite sufficient. But every time I pass below, beside the council office in Red Keel, where there's recycling units down there, and there's more boxes and bottles and boxes and bottles. I must ask our county councillors how much money have they collected <coughs> down there for you'd, dropped you'd, it on the You'd footpath. wonder um, how strong of a police presence would you need in Rackkeel <coughs> full time? <coughs> like, it's the fact that there isn't the... It's not continuous. You know, how many would you need full time to... Like, four guards is no good because four guards split into shifts with holidays and everything is no cover. But you have a situation where there's groups of young children, we say, six, eight, nine, whatever, that, that age group. And mainly that's the age, really, you know. A lady was on to me today. She was went to the cash machine in the town and the two fellas had been there and they had moved away. And then she went to the machine, putting in her thing. The next thing they were literally breathing down her neck, almost yeah. above and top of her. She asked them to move back and the only snigger to move back a bit. And you have that type yeah. of intimidation going on for the local people as well, which isn't being highlighted. Like, how much CCTV is in Redkeel? Well, from my experience, it takes you a week to find out what, what it recorded anyway, because there's so much red tape to record it. Yeah. Yeah. But people have been saying last year and the year before that. that they had these meetings beforehand of all these guard the police and local community council and all that that the numbers weren't being put in they might have been mentioned as being put in but they, they weren't visible on the streets of Red Keel you drive up to town of Red Keel and there's cars and vans in front of you and they'll all stop for a chat yeah a chat and you wait my wife said to me today I was going through and two more chatting in front of me blow the horse or blow the horse or she'd blow the horse or she said I didn't blow the horse or 
and I know better than to blow the hooter. Aid one move at all, and God knows what you might draw upon yourself. Yeah. That's the situation, which, Tom, is an awful thing to even for me to admit. Which I was afraid to blow the hooter. This nonsense, like that, that you're talking about there, like, and I mean, the, the, with the behaviour that's going on. Mm. So that's going on all the time. All the time, that's going on nearly all year round. Well, there wouldn't be numbers there in the summer well, times. There, 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 there needn't be an offline numbers in there for to, to do that. And you see, it is a case of applying the law. That's all what it is. And, and having the... I mean, we can't decide how many policemen should be anywhere. That's up to the county, it's up to the government, it's up to the, the local council and our local councillors as well, you know. And uh, it's a pity that that the people have been intimidated to that effect. But sure, look, the people themselves are voting for these people. They're putting them into the county council. They're also voting for the national politicians. We have three. We have another general minister today uh, in the constituent or in in Limerick. And uh, so the, the situation is that as long as you tolerate that behaviour, and as long as these individuals know that they can do what they like, well then. What can you expect? Only they'll continue the like. And then when it comes into feuding and what's, and the amount of money that's been spent, the amount of, of wealth that's been, uh, you know, that, that, that you can see, I mean, and, and, the, and the, what they think of their vehicles and, and people. I mean, this is it. This, you see, but like we in this country have been have been downbeat and we've been intimidated by authorities. You can't talk about this, like... Heavy point. This is the first time now they've come out there. I don't think he apologised too much either. I mean, the same gentleman. And that's going on all the time. So that was at a funeral in Killarney, wasn't it? The reason they gave the same right. thing. Up the Midlands, that's funeral. You go up to Tullamore at Lone Langford, and, his, and you wouldn't be safe on the dual carriageway. And that might have been you know, trying to go through the town. So, so what we'll, are they talking about? We'll hold it there, folks. We'll go to that break back to you shortly. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 21st of December 2022 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Noreen O'Callaghan and Carmel Ryan. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Welcome back, listeners. We're glad you came back to us and we're glad you can hear us. And you're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM broadcasting from Newcastle West. And my name is Pat O'Donovan. This program is live until 11 o'clock on this Wednesday night. If you want to text in or call in 0696600 As we said a little bit earlier, we are down in uh, Eurospar tomorrow selling tickets, a fiver a line for a huge hamper which has been purchased locally in the Eurospar shop. We'll be there from 9 o'clock to 1, Neely Duggan and myself from 9 to 1. And Johnny Egan and Pat Shanahan there from 3.30 to 5.00. I'm waiting for a couple of names to come in to me who will be covering from 
from one o'clock until three thirty. And on Friday, Nori O'Callaghan and Jerome Scanlon, Councillor Jerome Scanlon, will be down at Home Savers from half nine on Friday morning to twelve. And hopefully there'll be some other names onto that in the afternoon. Um, looking up at the screen, we have covered the Red Keel situation. And Terry in Coven County Cork, he says the sound is very poor. And that's the way it goes. And Mary in Red Keel says Carmel is right. Carmel is right. Red Keel needs girls walking about all the time. This would keep trouble at bay and reassure locals. Now, I haven't seen any guarantee walking around the streets of Red Keel. Hopefully, it might happen. And not alone in Red Keel, but in other towns as well. As the old people said around here in Newcastle West, they love to hear the sound of a guard walking around at night time or two guards walking around at night time. Alas, those days seem to be gone. Now, good evening, Pat and Panel. I saw your weekly resident panelist, Tom Ryan, featured on primetime last week on RT television. It was absolutely shocking to see the terrible treatment Tom is getting by Limerick County and City and County Council. And uh, 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 Miss Mulcahy, was that her name, Tom? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mulcahy. Sarah Mulcahy. Sarah Mulcahy. I put her, he left her out, he doesn't mention her. Uh, she, she was getting awful treatment too, and poor Tom Ryan herself. They excelled both of them, I thought they were excellent, both Sarah Mulcahy and Tom Ryan. Anyway, Pat, we'll ever read out what you're supposed to read out in front of you, I will. It was absolutely shocking to see the terrible treatment Tom is getting by Limerick City and County Council and IDNEPA on the raw soil spilling onto his land and the gruesome pictures of his animals as a result of this. But the most important thing is that it proves Tom's concerns all along. It was an incredible effort by RT, so detailed. What is very disappointing to see on today's local Limerick Leader newspaper, they have the heading alleged pollution brought go to go the spotlight if they studied the primetime program it proved it's proven and not alleged it showed it has broke all eu limits 200 times over so i personally think the limit leader needs to revisit that headline well done tom let's hope it gets sorted from uh sean linehan in patrick's well did you see that noreen no, I didn't. I don't, I'm not a television person. I don't. Carmel? I didn't see it, but I heard about it. I just heard how good Tom was. Holy fright. Did you see it, Tom? I did. And I saw it myself. Yeah. yeah. There was a... There was a it, well, it was well done by RT, I thought. Well, it was a pity that, that, that it had to come down, that RT had to come down. And, uh, you know, they spent a lot of time researching that and they spent a lot of time on site. Um, you know, and uh, it, it was ignored com- completely by the local media, uh, both print and radio. You know, and uh, that um, that headline was an insult to everybody concerned today in, in the Limerick Leader. By a, a leader reporter didn't even have to have the the audacity to put it down without even a name of a reporter on it. You know, I mean, it's, it's well proven like, that it's. It's was the limited report you referred to? Was he out there? Well, I didn't know anything. I didn't, I didn't, he didn't contact no, you? No, no, no. No, no contact? No contact on that. But uh, they know all about it. They know, that's going on for a long time, Pat. Why would he write something without contacting the person involved? Well, you see, they can write. I mean, that's what I suppose. I mean, the editor could be a director of the editor to, for the comment on it. Like. But it shows the, the power of the, 
of the authority, number one. It also shows the power of the, of the, of the industrialists, you know, how they can, how, what they can do and get away with, like, because, I mean, the Limerick City and County Council spent, I mean, every day, they have people in court every week for breaches of, uh, you know, for silage or effluent and if... Including and throwing a cigarette put out the window. Correct, and all that kind of stuff. That. And still and all, they have ignored this and they've been colluding with the IDA, which is, these are huge authorities, like, the IDA, I mean, have spent 20 million in the, in the, in, in the, still, still spending it, protecting the industry there, that are poisoning the country, you know. And, uh, and the worst of all is that the EPA are overseeing it. And, t- like, when you listen to the radio, like when you listen to these politicians, listen to him and Ryan talking about uh, his uh, and his grains. That are Ryan was not well, this was reported to him in detail on two occasions. He didn't even have the the decency to reply. So was the secretary of the Department of of the Environment and EPA. They were all notified, they were all written to it, they were all details. They know the whole situation and still and all, no move by them to rectify the situation there in, in Raheen. And, you know, the, it shows you the power of industry, the power of the of the, of the industrialists and the fear that, that our media have. That, I mean, like, it was a wonderful programme produced by RT and a marvellous piece of work that I think will win an award for t- that sh- showed up the actual to remind you Chernobyl you know the actual and that's not belittling anybody I mean the, 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 the damage that's been done to wildlife to the whole t- to the whole basis of, of natural of nature there and I'm on, a, on to these people for years and years and years and totally ignored and you know the, the people involved and are responsible Alderman City and County Council because they are actually allowing it. So I mean this is what I can understand for our councillors. I mean they've been here, you know, I mean one man said to an area at all. The mind, you know, the, I think it was him Calvin. He said that he was never feeling no nothing to the presentation. I think he that he he they he no they no jurisdiction. There's a case time where you mind your chickens and I'll mind Correct. mine. Correct. And it? and your local your local councillors, I would say. It, I mean, totally useless. Not not even not even have have the but people have won from you see. And for these, and so then when you when you take a stand against these pet, uh, these uh, authorities, that you're you're tested as a crank, troublemaker, and you no support. We no support. Since Mulcahy and I have no support from, and this this is contaminating the actual Bernacoil, the Mag going into the Shannon, and it's been proven proven by themselves they know exactly and and to make it worse they know who's doing it and furthermore on that even I'm kind of I'm not 100% in this like but I'm told now that within one of the big industrialists industrialists down there there's a, a, a whistleblower waiting to ex- explode on other issues but Limerick media are an absolute disgrace that's what they are because they're all compromised now we'll hold you there Tom and thank you for clarifying a bit of that for us uh, I'll go down here 
Happy Christmas, Pat, Tom and Panel and all the best for 2023 and a big kiss for Tom. Polly the Port. Polly, and Polly and happy Christmas, Polly. And we wish you we'll a happy you, Polly, Christmas, before Christmas and a healthy new yeah. year as well. I, wa- I live out a prosperous bit, you're prosperous enough <laughs> to, as you are, Polly, so we just wish you health and happiness for the new year from all of us here in West Limerick 102. And I got my first and only Christmas card today a good friend of ours, a man I used to give out about one time there when he was walking the streets in Newcastle West in the rain. And that was Joe Dorr, our farmer. Traffic warden. Oh, good man, Joe. Send you down to Rat Keel. Very happy Christmas, Joe, to you. And a happy Christmas is right, Joe and Breda. Uh, to Pat, Tom, Jason at the radio station, Sheehan's Road, Newcastle, all the staff. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Joe and Breda Dorr, Camus. Thank you very much, Joe. We appreciate the card because it's the only one we have up here and it was a lovely card and it says greetings, Christmas greetings from Kilidi. Oh, thank you, Joe. And if I get another card, I'll call it out next week. <laughs> if I get, if we get another one, Tom. Isn't bad now to get one, was it? Well, that sure as you're there. The following we have. The following we have. The following we have. One card. Thank <coughs> you. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. I'll bow for that one, Joe. Now, happy Christmas. Dave in the shed in Palace Kenry called Fairbrae to Tom Ryan for highlighting the pollution in Raheen. Also, happy Christmas to Pat, Tom, Carmel, and Noreen, and Jason. So, obviously, Dave in the shed could hear us quite clearly anyway because he's got all his his names in there of who's on the show tonight. Um, what was next on our agenda, Carmel? Uh, we have one there from... Uh, is he up at the top or is he down at the bottom? Uh, Pat, what does the panel think of the new cabinet reshuffle regards James Holmes at Tay? Do you have a new cabinet there? In I your, can get it up. In your little machine there, Carmel. Uh, I think Tom was telling us there that the man from Limerick, what's his name again, got a minister's... Tom, what is his name? Um, Kieran O'Donnell. Kieran O'Donnell. Yeah. He, he got a junior minister. Yes, and we congratulate him on his, uh, on his um, appointment. Kieran is a good, he's a very good. Um, what appointment did he get? Um, I don't know what portfolio he has now. Finance, is it? Uh, he might be, I'm not sure now um, uh, I, really I what he got. Right, but, uh, yeah, they get very little detail in it actually, you know, on, on what anyone got. You know, so we have three general ministers now. Um, Simon Coveney will take up the Department of Enterprise, Trade and Employment. Yeah. Michal Martin is taking up the uh, road. Minister, the junior the minister. juniors. Now we'll find those. While Cameron is looking for juniors, I, I'll just announce there that we have a mm. ju- coffee morning mm. here at the station mm. on this Friday morning from 10 o'clock until 1 and come in for a cup of tea, coffee, biscuit, cake, whatever. You'll get anything here indeed. And on to uh, on Saturday then and Sunday, there is a church gate collection on behalf of the station and all funding is badly, badly needed to get our books balancing and keep the show on the road, which is difficult enough, I can assure you, with the cost of electricity and everything going sky high and this place is no exception. And tomorrow we have a, a, a large hamper sale in Ratkeel in Eurospar and Neely Duggan and I will be there from 9 to 1 and John Egan and Pat Shannon will be there from 3.30 to 5 I, I, at this point in time. I don't know who will be there from 1 o'clock to 3.30. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we'll get someone to fill in that slot in the meantime. And on Friday then at home service here in Newcastle West, no, in O'Callaghan and Jerome Scanlon will be there from 9.30 to 12 and hopefully we will have some volunteers or somebody listening to us out there who would like to support the radio station. You might give us a buzz there on the phone and 
might be available to stand at a table in Red Keel tomorrow between 1 and 3.30 or indeed in Newcastle West. We have a lot of listeners, a lot of supporters, so maybe you might give me a call there at the station and my number is, and wait till you hear ringing folks now in a few minutes, people to volunteer Newcastle West Friday or Red Keel tomorrow. So you might give me a buzz there on 87 Double nine double seven three four zero. That is zero eight seven double nine double seven three four zero, and also the Churchgate collection in SK, Sorry, in Abbey Field at the weekend. We could do with some people for that as well. But Pat, in saying about um, about the new <coughs> about the new government and the new uh, the new cabinet, I as I said, it, I, I'd like to to for the wish to government well. You know, we we're facing to uncertain times. I, I I think that um that the, the issues are very plain in are very plain now and serious that, that have to be tackled and you have two and a half years to for to do it and for to get stuck into the you know, a lot of the a lot of the, the time has been spent in the last government in talking about issues like the health and the housing and, and place and, and issues like that. And as we have discussed here in the programme more often than not our justice system and our our crime uh, and our road crime and I'd like to actually congratulate the three general ministers that we have it with two in in the county one the city now and uh, I'd like to I also maybe they might they might honor us with that presence here maybe uh, you know we're not we're not going to take a bite out of anyone they have ignored us completely they have ignored the program a very popular program and the radio station you know I mean Pat O'Donovan and uh, you know Collins and Owen, uh, Ken O'Donnell, you know, they're, they're young, aspiring politicians that will be there for some time. They will all acquire senior ministerial positions. So I'd like to invite them to come in here and uh, discuss their policies and their ideas. And, and uh, you know, I mean, they have ignored our, our comments and our policies and our, not our policies, but our arguments and our requirements here like so I, I'd hope that from now on they'll this old nonsense that uh, whatever idea they have in their head they'll change so their mind to come in here and just before us. we go to an ad break I have another announcement to make and it's a big thank you to Carmel for the beautiful cake and candy and toffees <laughs> and all kinds of things Very and I, I, I'm like the cat after getting the jug of cream <laughs> I've been licking my lip for the first <laughs> since we started maybe that was affecting the sound who knows so we'll go to an ad break we'll be back to you shortly County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 21st of December 2022 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Noreen O'Callaghan and Carmel Ryan. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie.
Welcome back, listeners. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM broadcasting from Newcastle West. My name is Pat O'Donovan, and the panel tonight is Carmel Ryan, Noreen O'Callaghan, and Tom Ryan. And my name is Pat O'Donovan, and Jason Smith is our producer. And somebody was on to me there a while ago and said, How is it? Can you explain? And that Tom Ryan is a man with huge amount of knowledge. How is it back in the 1950s and the 60s? In every small village in Ireland, there was three guards and a sergeant, and the country was nearly burst financially. It wasn't well off. The people weren't well off at that particular time. And he also pointed out that the county councillors in that time, he reminded me of a local councillor who went in his pony and trap into county council meetings. No expenses whatsoever did they get in those particular times. Now the councillors are getting huge expenses, travelling expenses, and a good wage going with it. And they're sending them to Hong Kong and Honolulu and all kinds of places. And we have no guard in most of the small villages. We have no sergeant. We haven't a police station. And we have councillors, he said, they hardly know what's going on around them. And they're all highly paid. How, back to the original question, how is it they had three guards and a sergeant when the country had no, had no money. Can you understand that, Noreen? I can, but you, you know, you're talking, me I, I can, because you're talking about completely different times altogether. And um, as I say, that was then and this is now. But I mean, going back to that time, we'd say there wasn't any cars. No, they went in that pony and so trapped the county council meetings, I said. we say the, the guards was on that time they had I bicycles bicycles they had their bicycles and they were fit. they had to cover areas and they had they had to collect dog licenses and god knows what yes you know, and bull licenses yes you name yes, it like. yes 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 and rag work some and yeah. some rag work yeah yes. the rag work was a big was, issue. Yeah, yeah 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 but that doesn't come into play anymore you know i mean the guardy don't go around looking for dog licenses or bull licenses as far as I know, Tom, you better this no, I am. No. or Ragworth, I don't think yeah. has ever come into I'm still waiting for the answer, Noreen. The answer there is There was I three guards in the south in every village. And the yeah, councils wouldn't get paid. Now they're getting paid. And we have no guard. We have no station in all the villages. But it, it wasn't economical to have three guards and a sergeant in a village. It obviously was because they could afford to pay for them. But look at the wages they were getting that time. Yeah, but that was the times of rain. It's like yeah. you buy a farm and land in a house for 200 yeah, euros. Yeah, you're talking about now, like we said. Where is that time? How long was it going to take Jack to go with, on his bicycle? out 10 miles or 20 miles out the road yeah. to a very serious incident yeah it takes them it takes them it takes them a couple of hours three so we've had the loads of cases that, that the woman in Talbot below the other day when her cattle were stolen it, 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 it took them till f seven hours or five hours before they arrived in that if, mortal if you, cow no if, if you if you ring a guard station in the middle of the night you'd be lucky to get someone they'll say if we have a car so I didn't get an answer from Noreen to my yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. I did not get a satisfactory answer. <laughs> satisfactory to me. So I'm asking you now, Carmel, can you explain it? It I was well policed. They yeah. knew what was going on in those times. They had no mobile phones. They had bicycles. They knew everything was going on. Crime was very little. 
and the councillors were not paid they went to council meetings on their bicycles or on their pony and trapper or as one said a donkey and cow now they're getting huge money to go to the council meetings and look what we have look at the villages we have drugs literally in every village look at Rat Keel that never happened in the 50s and 60s I suppose Pat you also have to think you had a parish priest and two curates as well in every small parish and you were never left without a priest if one was yeah. off the other was on maybe you have a very valid point there they listen to the priest in those days as well do you know that, that you, yeah. you, things were different and like I just go back to my own parish say Fines Shanna Golden you had him in Sh- you had guards in Shanna Golden and you had guards in Fines like all in one parish so you know a lot had to do with transport but I don't think it has been addressed before if you rang the guard station you got an answer now if you ring the guard station a recorded message will tell you ring Henry Street if you're in the middle of a trauma or a drama in the middle of the night you have much business ringing Henry Street and trying to explain where such and such uh, an air code is you know you need you need more local but to have them local, with the way the shifts go, you'd need 10 guards. Where you had three before, you'd probably need 10, Pat. I'm not happy with that answer either, Noreen. Well, Pat, there's nothing now I can do about it for you. See, years ago, you must remember, yeah. the sergeant lived in the guard station. Yeah. Yeah, so there was I, I, like, I like that one. I like now, that bit. Now, see, that I'm delighted now you like that. Yeah, and yeah. in a lot of cases, in Shannon Golden, a house went with the guards. The guards in Shannon Golden had a house. And like that mm. was a big thing because when somebody moved their family, when a guard got shifted and moved his family, he had some place to take them. And maybe they didn't mind the move as much. And every country school was the same as another country school. But now people are settled maybe in the city. A wife is working. So they're not as anxious to go to a small place, I don't think. Um, usually when there's extra guards sent, it means there's extra trouble there or there's an extra need for guards. Now most guards finish their shift and go away from the yeah. small town before they lived yeah. in the town. Now, Carmel, when I came from the Hungry Hills County Clare 55 years ago, there was 40 guards here in Newcastle West. Or probably less at that time, but there was a time in between they had 40 yeah. in Newcastle. They were all living locally. Yes. We knew every guard, we knew every sergeant, we went to dinner dances and every kind of a dance, and we knew all those people. And they were invited to all the weddings. They also knew the people as well, which is a, 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 a big thing nowadays, whereas nowadays they're working shifts, three days on, six days off, or whatever be it, so be the case, and they're dealing with somebody that back in four days, and as Noreen said, they go off sick leave followed the leave and so forth and t- I suppose you call it light touch Tom would you anyway I put the same question to you Tom in those days when they had no money and bicycles and you didn't have anything like trouble and things I know drugs and all that has taken over but why was that allowed to, 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 to increase the sort of level that it is, it is today well sure Pat we've, we've looked at that here on the station more so than any other subject uh, local policing and the and the authorities and the way the justice system is working and the way the the, the actual the, you know the comparisons that you're making are very valid and um, I I agree with them hundred percent. I also like would make the same comparisons with the building and the houses. You know when the when the country was on its knees and when we were in the after the economic war 
and in the 40s and 50s they were building cottages um, in the county council were and uh, you know you, you had uh, and the population was still and no pirates there was no pirate, or, or, or there was no. Um, the, everybody was were, were delighted for to get a house, and they all paid their rent. And uh, you know there was very good housing schemes built in the, all the villages, and good quality housing, but good quality craftsmen. And it was the same with the Gardaí. You know they were able to control crime. They were able to put. As we progressed, I suppose economically and socially like uh, you got this light touch and uh, <coughs> we haven't but the management and, and the foresight wasn't there to for to visualize as the guard what was going to happen down the road and I, I spent my working life in Limerick City and I saw the actual I saw crime being being built up gradually from very humble beginnings for the people that couldn't hardly write their name never went to school because they, that was the start of their problem and then there were petty criminals and they ended up big drug dealers they ended up now we have drug lords and we have drug drug I mean fields and all over in every city county now in every village every village indeed yes and, and, and no, sorry Pat and another thing that before if a guard was transferred for argument's sake we'll say to Skeeton the first thing the local GA club would be asking what club used he play for and when the guard came he brought his wife and family to the school it made numbers for the school and he played with the club in most cases they played with the club mm. like I know in the Skeeton Eskeaton would have the sergeant or the guard and <coughs> Bellistine would have the priest. <coughs> Father Michael Cusson used to play football mm-hmm. as well. He'd play Bellistine, the sergeant would play with Eskeaton. They became part of the community. Now they go home. Oh, that's kind they of don't kind move of their families, which in one way you can understand. In I had another reason, way, I had reason to go to the guard station in Newcastle a couple of years ago now, but you wouldn't even find a guard station now where it is and there wasn't too many people inside most of the time. But somebody threw a stone at me walking up Maiden Street, which is a common occurrence in Maiden Street. There's a little alleyway there to come down and throw a stone or whatever. But Charles Daly, my good friend, the former guard officer, says, you should report it, you should report everything, you should report it. As I was walking up Maiden Street, anyway, I was heading in the direction of the guard station, which was there at that time. So I decided to keep going and keep going. And Saturday night was after mass. Went up to the guard station, told this guard, and what's your name, what's your date of birth, what's your thing? And I said, what's your name? And you, he asked me so many details about myself. I said, are you long in town? Seven years, he told me. Now, that speaks for itself. He didn't know me and I in town for all those years, a business person in town. He didn't even know that I existed down there. Noreen, you were about to say that a while ago. Yeah, I, you, were, you were talking there about uh, different things 50 years ago like and today. The one thing about it was, if you look at something 50 years ago, if you committed a crime 50 years ago and you got jail, you got jail, you weren't put into a, a five-star hotel, you know, and you served your time. Another good point, Noreen, yes. <laughs> as it was, like, you served your time. Mm-hmm. Now they go into jail and they learn more inside than they do outside. Mm-hmm. And they, it's, it's definitely like a five-star hotel in, in mm-hmm. there now, you know. And I have often said it, and I've said it here on, on the programme. Some of those prisoners, prisons, are better than some of the nursing homes we have, which is very unfortunate. You know, and the treatment they're getting inside them, them prisons now, like, 
They have gyms, they have libraries, they have this, that, and the other thing. But going back 50 years ago, they, when they went in as, as a prisoner, you were treated as a prisoner. Would you think, Noreen, that in those days, the councils I referred to back in the 50s and 60s, who travelled in their bicycles to county council meetings, I, I knew those people, and they weren't getting paid a penny. They were dedicated people. Now there's people going into the council. and now it's a career. It is. A money career, yeah. But would, would you also look on, on that point now, Pat, is that a lot of them would have been maybe farmers or that that could afford not to be paid? Of course, yeah, of course. Of course. But they were still not dedicated. Not all of them, I'm saying, but of just course, some yeah. of them. But they were dedicated people yes. to their community, serving their community it's at their own expense. Yes, but they could afford to serve uh, them at their own yes, expense. That goes no, without saying, Nori, um, of Carmel. But at least they did it because... The, the, I the, fully the, understand yeah. what you're saying, but to get a cross-section of the community, don't you need to, say, to give expenses to those that can't afford to serve it without expenses and I'm not far against do you know if you want not everybody can afford to well, give maybe, time. maybe if you were going into the council and you weren't achieving anything of getting something or putting an input into it if you were doing it at your own expense you might say uh, forget it whereas nowadays maybe they're going in because of the profile they're getting and the money they're getting yeah. 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 like that loan are they getting uh, a wage but they have also full-time jobs and uh, no i, I don't Some know how have, yeah. how it works mm. but like they have full-time jobs and they're drawing their wages and they're drawing their expenses you know uh, it's a big money and spin. there's foreign trips drawn in with it yeah. like but, but is this kind of mm. you go back past to your beginnings with the ga and all of us the beginnings with the ga everybody was doing it for the love of it mm. and gradually it became, it became a business, became a business mm. and like if you're not everybody can afford to be nearly full-time because that's what happens as you go up along the ranks in any organization it becomes almost full-time yeah. and those that can afford to give it all of their time and be full-time will go further than the person who has to hold down the day job. You had the Secretary of the County Boards up to 10 or 15 years ago. They were doing it voluntary. Yep. Now it is a highly paid job. You know? yep. So it's to come Tom? Well, Pat... The councillors have an interest. R- well, we have, an, uh, we have a huge interest in the yeah. councillors as well, Pat. And, uh, you know... The one thing that, that we can't overlook, and in case you might be accused of council bashing, you haven't any council around the table tonight, and they're very scarce. I mean, when we take Jerome out of the equation here, like you have very few councillors in the Castle West area, Rakeel or anywhere, that'll show up here to, uh, for the debate issues that we're talking about tonight. But maybe are, maybe but if vote. we paid expenses, yeah. maybe we might have more than well, coming I, in. I, I wouldn't, I'd leave that out of Pat even, because I'll tell you, the point about it is that the one aspect of all this is people voting for all Limerick. They're all voting for you see and if Pest Donovan or Tom Ryan went for the went for the council tomorrow morning, we get her answer. And you see it's a, it's a serious situation. You're a, you're a servant of the public of, of the state and now you're paid as well and your and your expenses are there and uh, it's your duty you know it's your duty to to engage and to look after local issues and we can see what's what's happening in limerick our own county councils in our own areas i mean we have discussed it here the last night even pat about these 
these regional meetings that they have with the with the Gardaí, mm. you know, power shop, talk shops. Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, if anybody, like, if anybody would be really serious about about the situation, you wouldn't have happened. What happened in Rakhine wouldn't happen. Mm. What's happening in Abbey Field or Newcastle West or Halloween, Halloween wouldn't happen, uh, wouldn't happen either. National headlines. Because, I mean, yeah. the people concerned would be held to account by the councillors and also by our mm-hmm. TDs. Mm-hmm. You know, but you see, they're, they're not interested because all they want is is get an old footpath here or a light there and get a, go, go in then and... And, and go looking for planning permission for someone that probably So I would go as far as to say it's a self-reflection on the Gardé in this area and also on the politicians of this area. We've had national headlines in Halloween yeah. in Newcastle West and now in the past week we've had national headlines again and in areas you said that they have their policing board meetings etc. how often yeah. have we discussed that here? Yeah. In, yeah. You're not fairness. And are the public out there are they brain dead? Like mm-hmm. that, they're, mm-hmm. that they're electing these gurus that can sit down. I mean, we saw we saw issues. What they're being used that what they're being used for is to sign a budget. That's what that's when that, you think about that's, it. That's, that's, Halloween was like the Wild West, like Barut was described, fellas with flames coming out of guns, cows turned over here in Newcastle West, the capital town, the county. The, the, the next, what was once a capital town, the county, Ratkeel, we've had it this week. And yet you have those county councils and the policing authority planning and meeting. And ministers. There wasn't much planning in that. But Pat, I'd hate anyone to think that all guards are, like we have some very, very, oh, very oh, good guards. We're not questioning no, that the guards at all no, themselves. There's, there's the the guards are, themselves are stretched no, to the limit. They're stretched to it's the from limit. the top down. It's and from the top down is the problem. I think they do great work for the resources yeah. they have. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, some of them go above and beyond. Yeah. Some of them go above and beyond. I'm glad and you pointed out because there, there is no reflection in the cast yeah, themselves. No, they have a most terrible job at present job, time. And I a terrible job. Want to stress but that. it is from the top down. It is from the top down. I did specifically yeah. refer to those policing meetings with the county and the county councillors in this area that takes place every, is it every three months and they had to get the questions in advance to county. We discussed all that last week. We'll go to Ned Breaking back to you shortly. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 21st of December 2022 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan, Noreen O'Callaghan and Carmel Ryan. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Welcome back, listeners. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM, broadcasting from Newcastle West. Your local community radio station has said we have a fundraiser tomorrow in in, in Ratkeel at uh, Eurospar. 
and our thanks there to Pat Shanahan and John Egan for doing the afternoon and to Neely Duggan and Pat O'Donovan and myself in the morning and we're looking for a couple of volunteers to fill in between 1 and 3.30 hopefully some names will pop in for that one and also thanks to Noreen O'Callaghan and Jerome Scanlon for doing one on Friday morning at uh, what's it called Noreen again Home Savers here in Newcastle West and those hampers will be drawn on the day in the one in Ratkeel will be announced as around 20 to, to, to 1 on Friday and Noreen's one will be drawn at a later date because um, people might be live here after the Christmas period so to be drawn the first opportunity the one in the home servers it's uh, been drawn at, at 5 o'clock on Christmas Eve Christmas Eve in the shop below yeah the but the, i'm talking about the announcement oh yeah out over there yeah it'll be drawn it in the anyhow that that will be announced in due course and dave rarden we'll be back to you in a moment dave we have i have that on my list just before dave reminds me there that nakferna and new year's day the 35th annual new year's day walk that takes place from the Ramley house nakferna on new year's day at three o'clock in the afternoon and on the 6th of January, Little Christmas, Women's Christmas, there was a special rambling house of music, story and song at the Rambling House, Nakferna, and there is a busload or two of Ukrainian refugees coming from Arda on that particular evening as well. So that should prove quite an entertaining, interesting evening with the traditions of Little Christmas and Christmas in, in those Eastern European countries that tell me the Little Christmas, as it is called here, went on there for the 6th, the 7th, the 8th. I had nearly a week of it for the women over there. Uh, uh, hi, Pat and panel. <coughs> you see that the world has moved on. We're relying on new technologies now with the result that they could downsize. The difference now is no one knows the guards anymore. People one time respected the law i think it's the judicial system that is wrong the guards get frustrated when the criminals they bring in to court get away and get free legal aid happy christmas to all john egan thank you john and thank you for standing in there tomorrow at your spell red keel we very much appreciate it now and we of course agree with you fully on that particular comment as well dave reardon from granite called in my opinion, the Teatro Enoch Burke has, that has now been in release from prison today. He was wrongly imprisoned. What does the panel think? Now, Dave, we had that on our list for the final 10 minutes of this program. And a man of principle, indeed a family of principle, they stand and say what most people wouldn't stand and say. Noreen O'Callaghan. Uh, it's funny enough, like, you know, uh, following that particular story, I know that their uh, family can, you know, they're, I suppose they make things awkward for themselves in a lot of ways because I know that we say in his first court case, his mother kept interrupting and whatnot. And you, I mean, you can't do that inside in a court, as you know. But I, 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 I'm not 100% too sure. Like, while you're I, pausing I there and while you're saying that you can't do that inside the court interrupting, I feel like interrupting you myself because indeed I've been in court quite a few times yeah. and listened to some of the judges. It is very difficult not to interrupt them, yeah. you know. But like, <coughs> to me, is that I don't think it should ever have gone to court. Um, I felt sorry for him actually because he was a kind of, he, he was caught between two stools really. 
this was an incident like where um, somebody was was changing their gender. They were 14 years of age, I think, and they were changing their gender from male to female or whatever else. Well, they couldn't actually, I think, would they? Hmm? Because he couldn't call it. He couldn't call him a male. He couldn't call him a female. So he couldn't call it. He, he, he couldn't call the person he or she. No, they either had to be either a he or a she. He was. He was being told to call the child. Uh, they or them. They or them. Or by their new name. Yeah. And like. I don't think the, new, the, the first name didn't come into it. It had um, been there. There was then. no name at the beginning. It was no, there was no yeah. name at the beginning. Yeah. So it had been there. requested that their new no, name and the I they, them pronouns be used. I have problems with they and them as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be, to me, like to be either it's, a he or a she. It's very much a New Ireland uh, it is. caramel. Um, I would agree with Noreen to a certain extent. Um, it just says here, like, I feel he was a teacher. He was employed by the school and the ethos of the school was that the parents and the school wanted the student to transition and they requested that their new name and the they, them pronouns be used. And I feel he would have made a better stand to say, I resign. And that's it. I think it kind of made a mockery of the whole system. And, you know, they they have a name for... for, um, for being disruptive, we'll say. I feel the way he went about it, he interrupted um, dinners, he interrupted... Yeah. Who, sorry, uh, sorry, Carmen. Yeah. Who, who was it who said for evil to prosper, it was for good men to do nothing? You, you suggested he should walk away from it and no, not make his point. You said he should resign. No, no, no. I suggested he resign and didn't make his point. But he was well, grinding. No, Pat, because what happened here was that he broke a court order. The school then took a court or- took him to court and there was a court order that he couldn't do it. So yeah, he either that, yeah. shut up or he was in um, conflict with the court. Whereas I feel if he resigned his position, he could have said what he wanted. But it was the way he went about it. He followed the principal around. He went to every event that people from the school were at and he caused mayhem at the events. At one stage, people had to surround the principal to keep him away from her because he kept hounding her. Do you know what I mean? That if he had resigned, he could have said what he wanted, but he couldn't keep his job and go against the ethos of the school. And it's not that I agree or disagree with him, but I just think he took the wrong path. Well, that was down the line. Now, Tom... No, it was all in the beginning, Pat, when, when school reopened. No, in the beginning was he wouldn't do his bit. Yeah. And then there was a meeting someplace yeah. a week or two yeah. later. So he, d- d- that was a step on the line when yes. he decided you know to, that I to raise his voice to the principal yeah. in, in a in, in There was company. numerous... Yeah. Tom? Well, it was, it was a very complex situation and as I, w- I would support him 100% myself you know that's my opinion about it uh, I think he was he, he was he was isolated and intimidated by the school they took him and uh, he protested I mean he protested by by he, he was he was dismissed wasn't he or he was suspended rather suspended. sorry suspended yeah. and, and he still turned up to the test and uh, he felt I mean he was isolated again he was at his own he, he didn't appear to have any support from a union or, and it is a complex. It's a, it's a very very modern 
if you could call it that, problem that's occurring now across a lot of schools. And, uh, you know, they, they didn't appear to be enough lot of guidance attached to it. I mean, he was taken to the courts by the school, and uh, I think he was treated very shabbily by the courts as well. And, uh, you know, he, he had a, a very, very valid point. I mean, you know, and... I think myself that I'm del- I'm dead because I actually was going to mention it tonight, Pat, in the program anyway. But I'm dead that he's out of he's out of jail. I think myself that that he should never have been in jail. Number but one. Do you not agree with Carmel? Carmel thinks that there's only two genders, male and female. Yes. Well, I just Sorry, said no incident. No incident. Well, Whereas, according to the school and according to the new development or the new promotions of that there's this other whatever it is neutral gender I think that's yeah. right well I'm not sure Pat I said it was complex Pat that's what yeah, I yeah, of course yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, it, but it, it, Tom it sorry for interrupting you should people not question the fact that somebody wants to become neutral gender at the young age of 14 would they be in a position would they be developed enough to make such a decision at that young age well it, it is uh, it is now nearly a common practice Pat I'm told I know I am aware of of of, of people that are young students, maybe not as young as fourteen, or but uh, not much older either, are taking the decision now to change their gender. In England, in, in I school. understand they have contested that. that they yes. have said that under sixteen was too young for making such decisions. Well, it, I would agree with that. It is very young, and you know it is complex and it's it's problem for parents as well. It, it causes problems for teachers. It, it, it you know it's a it's a, a, a really a new problem that doesn't appear to be able. Everybody have their own idea about it. We've mm. we've we've had programs, I mean, on national radio, and they were ripping. I, I heard parents ripping the all of one another over the issue, you know. So, I mean, it's, it's not straightforward. It is complex, and it's, unfortunately, unfortunately, it's going to be, it's going to get worse, and it's going to get bigger. But I, I certainly would agree with Noreen 100% that, I mean, what anyone call it, they should be called day. I mean, we're not going back to, I mean, like, are we going crazy? You know, I mean, what is the whole thing turned upside down completely? I mean, the gender of people is either male or female. You know, I mean, and I can't... Gender of this neutral gender actually I think a lot of that Pat actually is coming actually from Hollywood because going back over the past couple of years I've seen um, a few uh, Hollywood couples who've had children who had babies and it's neutral gender they don't want them to be known either as they want them to decide for themselves when they they get older enough they want them to decide themselves what they want to be as they get older I mean to me, I think the world has gone mad if we want to go, go into that kind of carry-on. Well, Noreen, yourself, like in Carmel, I mean, are your mothers of families, you know, and uh, you're in a very, very good position to, for the effort to make a comment on, on, on the, the direction that things are going in, you know, and I would respect that 100%. I'm only giving the neutral, a neutral kind of a view on it and what I can make out myself and, and mm-hmm. you know, and so, like, I'm, I, I would have the highest respect for your opinions. But, uh, like, as I said, I mean, Cameron said he should have resigned. If he was resigned, we, 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 it would never be in the public domain because he's had to get, uh, and I know it, he's had to get the thing into the public domain even, uh, yeah. you, you know. Uh, the judge acknowledged uh, that as well today. Yes. Yeah. That he'd be highlighted See, the situation. We're, we're, we're looking at this from Enoch Burke's side of it. 
Not if, really. It, well, if, if you were the parent of the child or the person that is transitioning and you're at your wit's end and I would imagine you wouldn't know what road to take or what path to take. Do you know? But and it's... I, I think the then day, I think that is so ridiculous. I think it's insulting. I think it's a, because we were all reared at a time when you didn't refer to a person, a singular person, as them or they or it. Yeah. Or, you know, there was nothing abstract about the way you referred to people. You know, that there is a whole... And like you said, I think 14 is very young. And I'd love to know at what stage transition was at. Was it something that was decided over the Easter holidays? Was it something that was being developed, we'll say, over two years? I'd love to know all of that. But, of course, there's um, GDPR where the, yeah. the child is concerned. <coughs> you know that... Or was it a test case? Was it a test case, I think, as well? It's it could have been. as well, folks, that we have run out of time because I was going to ask Jason to play that very fine song from the 1960s, Shame and Scandal in the Family. <laughs> Your mother ain't your mother, but your mother, or was it your father ain't your father, but you don't, your father don't know. So hopefully <laughs> the next time. Uh, folks, we've run out of time, and hopefully we'll see you tomorrow in Red Kale in Eurospar, and we'll see you down at uh, at uh, Home Servers on Friday, and hopefully we will see you here also on a coffee morning on Friday from 10 o'clock until 1. And I have musicians, singers, and so forth in here with me from 11 o'clock until 1 on Friday also, so it's party time. Jason's put the kettle on tonight. There's a bit of a party time as well. Thanks to Carmel for the beautiful cake. Tommy's rubbing his lips over there. He can get the smell of it across the table, the beautiful cake. And our thanks to Jason there for doing a wonderful job and our thanks to all of the people who have taken part in this programme for the past five years or thereabouts and also the people on the panel tonight. And thanks to Noreen O'Callaghan. Carmel Ryan and Tom Ryan for dedication and Jason Smith of course as well and to you the listeners, the many li listeners indeed including an awful lot of very silent indeed as well and just one message I left back there a little earlier on Paddy Crowley called once to wish Tom, Pat, Carmen, Lorraine and Jason a happy Christmas and John Egan there I am delighted he was released common sense prevails he stood by his principles and a good friend of mine down in Temple Atlanta there some years ago he spent 10 years in jail 10 months sorry 10 months <laughs> because he wouldn't purge his contempt and he never did but he came out nearly a qualified chef out of it I must call him for dinner someday I'm passing Temple Atlanta sometime soon again so if you don't purge your contempt, they won't keep you inside because it's costing money and, and they could do with, <laughs> with that particular cell for somebody in more need of it than Enoch Burke indeed. Again, folks, our sincere thanks. We are not back again, Jason tells us, until the 11th of January. And we look forward to receiving another Christmas card, hopefully before Saturday with a better look. And again, from Tom Ryan and I and Carmel and Noreen and Jason I'd like to say a, happy, a happy Christmas to everyone wish, wish our listeners a happy Christmas as well and especially Paddy Brosnan and his wife and uh, I'd also like to give all my best wishes to Polly a wonderful wonderful supporter yeah. and, and a, a wonderful woman and yeah. I, I hope to see her over Christmas yeah I'd love to wish everybody a very happy Christmas and uh, please remember on St. Stephen's Day the Carry Carry Run Boys will be in Arda at 10 to 4, and there'll be Newcastle West straight after it, and they'll be in. 
Carrie, Carrie, um, Kilcorman, and uh, Creeps. Lovely. Okay. So it's and been another great day. Lovely, Take folks. And we'll sign out to kettle is boiling over over here. So. Happy Christmas, folks, to you all, and a happy new year to you as well. And in the meantime, take care, take care, take care. 102 FM. You've just been listening to the podcast of County Views, as broadcast on Westland Week 102 FM on the 21st of December 2022 from 9.30 to 11 p.m. Noreen O'Callaghan and Carmel Ryan. Joint Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan for the discussion. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie.